Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Hi you guys, I am in the midst of having an epiphany, like <laughs> as I'm speaking these words right now, I'm all teary-eyed. I, I don't know, I just had like a like a weird revelation and I have to just start off by, by sharing it with you. So I have been doing this podcast now for a year. I'm one week away from our one year anniversary of this podcast. Like that is quite insane. And I was thinking about that just now. I was sitting down, I've had like a whirlwind of a day and I feel like every time I sit down to record this podcast, I start off by saying, oh my God, you guys, I've had such an intense week. Like because so much stuff just continues to happen. And I think that's just what it's like to be alive. Like everyone has stuff that happens and drama and things that go on and epiphanies and hard days and good days and beautiful stuff. And we all live this life, but not all of us sit down to talk about it for an hour every single week and kind of give a recap of, well, what did I learn this week? Like what's been going on? What are my epiphanies and challenges? And I've been doing this now for an entire year, every single week. Uh, okay, I'm one week away. Uh, I'm not going to do like an anniversary episode until next week. But every week, just sitting down like this, um, having this conversation with myself and with you, I just realized that this <laughs> this is part of my spiritual evolution. <laughs> like recording this podcast every week is part of my personal development. I I haven't really made that connection just quite just yet. Until now, like, okay, let me, let me tell you. So I just sat down to record. It's been the most intense day. Uh, I, I woke up this morning and this is just like how things go. So the, we had the baby's birthday yesterday. She turned one and it's been, been this, you know, super anticipated day. And anyone who has kids out there, you know, of course, the first birthday is like a huge thing. And I, I just almost feel like it was almost more, you know, celebrating that, like, we made it through a whole year of parenthood. <laughs> like, we kept this tiny little being alive and well for an entire year. And it's been the most mind-blowingly healing and just heart-opening and challenging and, like, fucking hard and so fucking beautiful and, like, more love than I've ever experienced in my life. It's been, like, just the most intense year, like, from every standpoint. And we made it through a whole year. So it, it was a big celebration in more sense that it's just a birthday, right? And we had a perfect day, like literally a perfect day. It was everything I wanted. We had my mom came in, so baby's grandma's here. Uh, Dennis's mom was here, so the other grandma. Dennis's dad flew in with his wife. And I have my step-grandma is here, uh, like a married-in grandma. Her name is Sanla. She's uh, been my step-grandma since I was one. Um, and my brother flew in the day before the baby's birthday and surprised us from L.A. He lives in L.A. He's been there for a decade. He's never met the baby. He had all these like green card issues um, last year, so he didn't have his permit and he couldn't leave the state. So he was like locked in the lay, so he hasn't seen the baby. And he just flew into surprises and it's been just like, oh, it's been so, it was such a beautiful day. We just literally hung out and played and ate a lot of food and uh, we went to a farm and we had a swim lesson and went swimming and um, had cake and balloons and presents and it was just so laid back and so perfect and so awesome. And I went to bed last night feeling so content. Like I had one of those moments of like, you know, after just a perfect day when everything goes the way you want it and you're not overthinking stuff and um, your mind is not telling you a thousand reasons to why everything should be different and just everything was just so peaceful and, and good, right? So I really went to bed and I had one of those moments where I kind of stepped back from the moment I'm in just to automatically realize all the gratitude that I feel and I I kind of turn to Dennis I'm like oh my god like thank you for for making the best life with me like I'm just so happy so grateful and I fell asleep with a smile on my lips like that was just that was last night and then of course because this is just what life is I wake up this morning to Ringo running away and if you listen to like two episodes ago, I think I talked about or the episode when I talk about like fear of death and my huge fear that I have of something happening to the baby. I shared a little bit about Ringo and how Ringo, my uh, little Italian greyhound, he's kind of been my baby for the past four or five years. Oh, he's going to. Oh, my God. Wait, it's almost his birthday. I can't forget. Also, Dennis's birthday. Oh, my God. If you guys are listening, <laughs> Ringo's birthday is beginning of April. Fork. Is it the third of April? 
Okay, Dennis's birthday is April 16th. Last year, I forgot it because we had like a three-week-old baby and I forgot his birthday and I have a feeling I'm going to forget it again. You guys have to remind me to celebrate these birthdays. Holy fork. But anyway, so before I had the baby baby, Ringo was my baby and I've been so terrified of something happening to him. Like since we got him, I've had all this fear wrapped up into Ringo. Like he's been my baby and I've been so scared and I have all this fear that's been kind of coming out during the past I guess, yeah, the past year I've been dealing with this fear of death and this fear, this love connected to fear, fear connected to love that I didn't know I had. And it's been wrapped up into Ringo and then I had the baby and I still love Ringo the same, but just this intense fear of something happening to him has kind of transferred from him to the baby. So I'm way more chill about Ringo. So something that I've caught a lot of heat about, um, yeah, for, for as long as I, since I opened the Animal Rescue Foundation is the fact that Ringo isn't neutered. <gasps> Oh my God, gasp. Uh, Ringo is not neutered. Uh, all of our other dogs and animals, they're stray dogs and rescues. And, you know, at Sgt. Pepper's Friends, our animal rescue right now, we have like literally, and I'm not even exaggerating, we have a hundred dogs in our care. Uh, we spay and neuter and we like, we, you know, pick dogs off the street and spay and neuter them and put them back and we adopt dogs and we never adopt a single dog away that isn't spayed or neutered. And it actually, if you ever adopt a puppy from us, it comes with a contract that you have to neuter and spay that dog when it's old enough. So... And then I, the founder of the foundation, I have a dog that isn't neutered. Uh, I've caught so much heat and shit about that over the years, especially from like animal rights uh, people and people that are really active in the animal rescue community, which is for sure like 100% understandable um, because it's literally like the only solution to the stray. I mean, not the only, but one of the major solutions to the stray uh, animal issue is that people don't spay and neuter their dogs. And that's what happens here in Aruba. No one, they don't spay their dogs and they just kind of, you know, keep having puppies in the street and it just continues from there. So why do I have a dog that isn't neutered? And this was really tied into this fear, right? And th this has been kind of a big thing for me because uh, Ringo was just a puppy when my best friend passed away and I got so terrified that something was going to happen to him, like completely. I mean, like way, you know, more freaked out than than what's what's normal or sane or, or healthy for sure. Like I, I didn't like no one else could walk him on a leash. I didn't trust anybody. I would never let him off leash. Like never, 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 never. The thought of just, you know, I would never like let him enjoy the the beauty of just roaming on the beach, you know, the way dogs love. Like especially a greyhound or an Italian greyhound. Have you ever seen a greyhound run? It's the most joyful thing like it's what they're meant to do it's just so awesome Ringo never gets to fucking run anywhere unless it's an enclosed space because I don't trust him like he's a little sneaky bastard um and we used to have Sergeant Pepper who was our first dog together and whatever Pepper went like Ringo would go with him and Pepper was the best dog like he listened he never left our side he was just oh he was just the best dog. So Ringo was attached to Pepper. So we never had to worry about Ringo. Ringo could be off leash. Pepper was always off leash. You could walk him off leash anywhere. He would never leave our side. But then Pepper died and Ringo started going, like running away. He started just taking off and doing his own thing, which was super sad. So he's never off leash. Like he's always by my side, all of this. Um, so whenever people said like, oh, you didn't neuter your dog, that this is so hypocritical and you have an animal rescue foundation and your dog has his balls and, you know, he can get prostate cancer and this and this and this and that. And I've always kind of fought it because I was so scared to put Ringo, like to sedate him, to put him through being neutered, like to put him through surgery. I had got this weird obsession over him dying on the operation table like really 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 weird and it was right you know when my friend passed away and, and all of this and I had so much fear of death and fear of something happening and I kind of had all of my trust and all of my belief in life was wrapped up in this tiny little dog that I would like spoon to sleep every night you know he really was my baby so we didn't get him neutered because I was scared he was going to die. Like that was, that's just what it was. And I've been constantly defending myself and like, you know, he's never off leash and I'm a responsible dog owner, but yes, like for sure, he should be neutered. Every dog out there should be spayed and neutered. It's just, it's the only way. It's the only sensible thing. It's everything I promote. And then now the baby came and I started immediately relaxing about Ringo. And then like when he, I don't know, she was like six months I was like, Dennis, you know what? Like, I think I'm like, I'm thinking I'm ready to chop his balls off. Like, I think it's time. <laughs> and he was like, what? Okay. Like, that's, that's super interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Um, and we actually, this was like a couple years ago now. Okay. This is a story for another podcast because it's the most hilarious story of all time. Um, 
I can't believe I'm even going to say this, but we've had a few moments throughout the years where I've been like, okay, we're going to neuter him. But it's never been from me wanting to do it. It's been from me feeling pressured from people like giving me like bad comments and stuff. Like I just, I felt very hypocritical having a dog that had his balls while I had this animal rescue foundation, which is just true. So I was like, okay, we're going to neuter him. But then we never did because I always backed out in the last second. Like we had so many appointments to do it. And I just had like a freak out and, and envisioned him like for some reason dying in the operation. And then we never did it. Um, but one of those times where I was really dead set, like we're going to do this. Um, we actually like harvested. <laughs> oh my God, I'm, I'm speaking this out loud and I'm regretting it already. We harvested Pinko's sperm. <laughs> just so that in case and this was also like out of fear it was like what if Ringo ever like what if he dies and there's no more Ringo and then it was like well you know like if Ringo dies like if you just if you have like a Ringo puppy it's not going to be Ringo like you get that right it's going to be another dog I was like no 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 we have to like we have to save Ringo's sperm so that maybe one day we can clone him and I found this really weird website um, that offers animal cloning. It's like a hundred thousand dollars, and I was like, "Then it's we need to save up for this for this animal cloning that we're gonna do, so that we have a spare of Ringo." And then it was like, "Dude, even if we had a hundred grand to throw on cloning our Italian greyhound, like fucking psychopaths, <laughs> it's still not gonna be Ringo. Like, it's not gonna be his personality. It's gonna look like Ringo, but it's not gonna be Ringo. It's not gonna be his soul." And I was just, oh, just telling the story now. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, I, I'm I'm kind of a crazy person. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, I'm going to tell this story right now just because, like, we're in the spirit of it. Um, And then I'm going to get back on track here. So I have, like, and I have sworn that then it's the secrecy to not share this story with anyone ever. Because, okay, everybody listening, like, please, 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 please never in your life like don't ever 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 buy a bred dog like don't go to a puppy mill like it's the most horrible thing there's literally millions I kid you not millions of dogs and stray animals that have no home that need homes shelters all over the world and almost every country of the world are overflowing with animals that need care and if you happen to live in a country that don't have a huge stray animal population like Sweden for instance we basically don't even have shelters in Sweden because there are no stray animals there was other countries that adopt to Sweden, like Sergeant Pepper's friends, right? So please don't ever, like, don't ever buy a bread dog. Like, just, just, you know, don't do what I did, basically, is what I'm telling you, all right? Um, and adopt, don't shop. That, that's all, that's, that's everything I promote. Like, that's just it. Um, and now let me tell you how I didn't start off that, <laughs> that way. So, um, Dennis and I, we really, we had this obsession with Italian greyhounds. Like we knew we loved Italian greyhounds. Uh, we used to always watch Jenna Marbles and her YouTube videos online. Um, and she has, I think, one or two Italian greyhounds and one of them who was like really, really weird. And we got weirdly obsessed with the idea of this type of dog that was just like, you could prop the dog up anyway, anywhere and they would just kind of stay there and they like stay really attached. Like they're just a funny looking breed. So this is when we just had met and, you know, Pepper was kind of small still. And we know, we knew like, okay, one day it would be nice to have a dog that we knew was going to stay small because we always had stray dogs and we, I was always picking up stray dogs off the street, but they, you know, you'd never know what size they're going to grow into. And I wanted like a tiny dog. So I had this idea we wanted the Italian Greyhound. And then um, we finally found him or found one, like a space in Bakersfield in California. We were on tour. It was like one of the early yoga tours we did and drove like... I just, I don't know, I was randomly Googling it. Like I would Google it every couple of months and it was like, oh my God, that is like, there's an Italian Greyhound in Bakersfield. And we were in LA and we were going to Santa Barbara. So it was like kind of like the direction, not really, but where we were going. Like if we leave right now, we can go get this dog in Bakersfield and we can be back in Santa Barbara in time for class. Like we can make it. So we like hauled ass into the middle of nowhere. And I, I don't know if any, anyone from Bakersfield uh, listening uh, when we were going there, someone was like, why are you going to the armpit of California? <laughs> and I was like, what? Armpit of California? Like, what do you mean? What's wrong with Bakersfield? Like, I I'd never been there. But we drove all the way over there. Like, it's way out. Um, and we meet this place. And this is a place, like, they breed dogs. So it's it's a bad, okay? Don't do this. Don't do what I did. But I kind of like to think that Ringo is like my soulmate and we were meant to find each other. And that's why I was so like weirdly obsessed with this type of dog. And, and it just kind of happened that we found him. And this is also super weird. So we, as we're driving, I realized I'm like, hey, Dennis, like, do we have any money? He was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if we're going to buy a dog, like, he's going to cost money. Like, 
we need money. And he was like, um, no shit. <laughs> and then he's like, well, what did you make from like the last class you taught? And we had, I had taught somewhere, uh, Oh God, I can't remember like Hawaii or somewhere, wherever we were right before. And I like go through my stuff and I find like this check, like a check written in my name from a class that I had taught. It was like a workshop with a bunch of people. And I had made $900 teaching this class, which was is a ton of money was an insane amount of money at that time for us because we just we would teach and then live off the money that we made teaching while traveling like that's that's all the income we had and you know that was it so we had these nine hundred dollars and it was supposed to kind of cover us for this whole trip and it's like oh my god like what what what, what's the dog gonna cost i'm like i don't know like this this better be enough like we're driving all the way out here it was like a four-hour drive or something and then we get there and we meet this lady who's meeting us in the parking lot of a whole foods in Bakersfield. and i like run into this bank with my passport and i'm like can i cash this check please and i cash the check and we come outside and i'm like hi and then she has this tiny little dog in her arms and then my heart melts and i'm like oh my god this is the one and I plop that in the grass and like he runs up to me and crawls up my lap and like goes under my shirt and like nestles in and just like melts into me and I was like oh my god how much is he and this lady's like he's $900 and I was like looking at Dennis and then I look over and Dennis Dennis has a dog of his own <laughs> so she came with two two like they were brothers and there was two there and that's not what we had anticipated at all. But I was like, oh, my God, like the dog is exactly literally what this check is made out to be. And it's like all the money we have. What the hell? And he's cuddling one puppy and I'm cuddling one puppy. And I'm like, no, like this is the one. And he was like, I don't know, man, like this one's pretty cute. And I'm like, no, 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 this is the one. And then we switched and I still felt like the other one was the one. And then Dennis felt, yeah, this is also the one. And the lady said, uh, that one like really likes water. It's like a weird puppy, like really likes to be like in water. We never had a puppy like that. And we were like, okay, well, we know like this is the one. So we literally spent like every dime we had to our name to buy a puppy, which is insane, like very much insane. And I've never told this story before because I have been like so afraid of like people just hating on me for the decisions I make and that I have to be this perfect person. And part of me sharing this story now is I am really done being a perfect person. I don't want you guys to think that I'm perfect. It's exhausting. It's so exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. Putting up this perfect facade, like, look at me and my perfect stuff and everything I do is perfect and great. It's exhausting to uphold that because I am not a perfect person. Like, I've done a lot of fucked up shit in my life. I've done things that aren't ideal. And getting a puppy, like a bred dog that I paid money for, you know, being like in the animal rescue community. This was before we had the foundation started because it was before Pepper died. But I was always really involved, right? I just, yeah, this is just, this is just something I did and I will never regret it ever. And you're listening, you better not fucking ever pay money to buy a bred dog. Like if you do that, no, 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 no. Adopt, don't shop. SergeantPeppersFriends.com. We have 100 dogs waiting for you right now. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Are you hiring? Posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? I know from experience just how challenging that can be and on top of all the other responsibilities of being a business owner. We need something better than posting a job online and just praying for the right people to see it. Well, ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidate for you. Don't spend any more time sorting through emails of applicants that aren't the right fit. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter does not stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. Find applicants in any city, any industry, nationwide. The right candidate is out there, and ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. 
The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts. So we get Ringo and I immediately like develop this intense, weird attachment to him. I don't know if it's because he's small or whatever, but we were staying at like a Motel 6. <laughs> like we had, we were so broke. Mm, we spent all this money on the dog. Um, my brother met up with me in Santa Barbara. So he's lived in LA for, for a really long time. He's a musician there. And he came to Santa Barbara with us. We're staying at this Motel 6. And we went to bed and I remember like waking up and Ringo was just draped over me. Like it was just the most intense, like beautiful puppy experience I've ever had. Like he's just, he's just a very special like being meant to be in my life. And we went to stay at a couple of friends or like friends of friends that we knew in Santa Barbara before my class. And it's to this day, uh, one of two classes in my life that I have been late for ever, like workshop, like main real classes that I've been late for. And it was because we got Ringo and then we got stuck in traffic because there was like an accident or something. And I went out in the middle of the road (laughs) holding this puppy, trying to flag down like anyone on a motorcycle to take me to the yoga studio. And I roll in like, I don't know how late, like 20 minutes late or something. Everybody's waiting for me and I had this puppy and I was just like mortified that I was late. And anyway, I taught the class, everything was fine. And I was like, remember really asking the studio owner, I'm like, you know, do you think you could pay me in cash? Because like, we have no money. <laughs> like I need to like pay for gas right now or something. And then as we went, we went to our friends to stay there and I went to take a shower and Ringo was so tiny. I mean, he was like three months old, super small, four months old, maybe no three, super small, so cute, so sweet. And I brought him with me into the bathroom. It was like a big bathroom because like, he was whining. I didn't want to leave him in the bedroom. I didn't know if he was going to pee. They had like a carpet and I go in the bathroom, I take my clothes off, I go in the shower and he follows me into the shower and stands under the water, like pressing against my legs, just lifting up his little head, submerging in the water. Like it was just, oh, he's such a weird dog. Okay. This is just what it is. So anyway, fast forward a little bit and Ringo became like our complete sidekick. You know, if anyone has ever been to any class, retreat, practice, teacher training, anything, any type of anything that I've ever done, like Ringo is always there. Everybody's met Ringo. Ringo has like a little life of his own. Um, He travels everywhere with, with us. We fly everywhere with him. So in a way, he sort of became like this, this baby and still, and I kept every time I shared any picture of him, I would get like comments like, why haven't you neutered him? And I get it. Like if I was a person that comments on people's stuff and I'm just not a, that type of person, but if I was, and I saw a person who didn't have a neutered dog, like I would also get like, why haven't you neutered your, neutered your dog? You know? And I had this complete fear that he was going to die. So I've been kind of clutching him tight for a really long time. Like I had my, had my claws in Ringo. And then I had the baby and I shared this two podcasts ago, my big realization, I came home with the baby and I saw Ringo for the first time as a mother and my, he looked like a wolf. He had these big fangs, his whole face, like he looked like a beast, like he looked like a dog. (laughs) And I turned to Dennis and I was like, dude, like Ringo is a dog. And he was like, yeah, (laughs) like, are you having a meltdown? Like... Ringo's always been a dog. I'm like, no, 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 he's a dog. So it was a perception in me that completely shifted when I had the baby. He literally went from baby to animal. And I love him the same. There's no shift in the love. It's just, yeah, the fear was like transferred from him into the baby. So since we've had the baby, I've been way more chill with him, like running free in a dog park and, you know, going off leash here and there for like in the, on the North Shore where there's no people and um, not freaking out, like letting him out in the garden. And, you know, I've been like more chill and other people walking him on leash and stuff like that. But he's not a free dog. Like he's never on his own anywhere. And I told it is when the baby was like six months, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm actually ready. Like, I think we should, we should just chop the balls. Like it's time, you know, he's, he's going to be five. He's going to be five this year. No. Yes. What? How is it possible? My little baby, he's going to be five years old. And we were in Sweden and I kind of made that decision. Um, <laughs> okay, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, so the first time I made that decision that we're going to get him neutered, it was after I got all this like comments on Instagram and whatever. And this was right before we got pregnant. So the summer, no, maybe, maybe the summer before I got pregnant. So I'm going to say like 2015, maybe something like that. And I decided it's happening. We're going to do this. It's on. 
And then I realized, what if we neuter Ringo and what if he dies? Like, what if I have this fear of him dying on the operating table and it's all because it's about to happen and I'm having this like foresight, this like, you know, like I'm seeing the future. And then I started freaking myself out completely. Like, what if I neuter Ringo because I feel pressure from social media to do it and then he dies and then I have no more Ringo and then my life would be over. Like I was, I was just like, if Ringo, something would happen to him, like I would just die. Like I would make it like he's my baby. Like there's no way. Like, no, no, no. So I started looking at all these websites. Like, Can you clone your dog? <laughs> what can you do? Like people that are scared of losing their dog. Like how do you live? <laughs> and I found this website where it's a hundred grand to clone your dog. We don't sit on a hundred grand. So kind of dismissed it. But probably if I was like, an eccentric like billionaire like now I'm just an eccentric person but if I was like an eccentric billionaire like I would have done it for sure like for sure I wouldn't even have hesitated um and then I realized okay there's like (laughs) there's these services where you can save you can harvest your dog's sperm (laughs) and this was brand new to me like I had never really given thought into like like you know puppy mills and stuff like which is just horrible and shouldn't exist but when people like breed dogs and things like that, like how does that that really work? And apparently often like it's, it's kind of similar to the dairy industry or any like animal kind of farming industry, which is just all of it horrible. Um, but that they, normally they harvest sperm from an animal and usually it's like a super animal. Like they'll take like the best bull, the bull that like produces the best, like makes the best babies, I guess. I don't know. They'll take like a great, what they deem a good animal, harvest a bunch of sperm and then inseminate that sperm in other animals like that's just how things work I never thought about this and I was like what like that's how things work in my mind it was just I don't know I just thought like animals are just like humping each other or I I had clearly never thought about this ever and then I realized okay like we need a backup like what if Ringo would die just what if I'm hoping like it's not gonna happen but what if he would die and there'd be no more Ringo and I would want to kill myself and life would be over no we need a backup Ringo so I found this place in Sweden in like kind of not the countryside but like yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, a little bit outside of Stockholm that actually do this. Um, it's like a service that they provide where they have like a sperm bank, like a sperm bank for adults, but it's for dogs and they harvest sperm. And this is just something that this is just something that people do and you can save it for infinity. <laughs> they freeze it in some sort of special like underground weird lab that's protected by everything and you save it for infinity. And I was like, on this website, I was like, this can't be real. So I called them and I was like, hey, you know, I'm just checking. Like I have this fear of my dog dying. And, and you know, I just, I just had this feeling like it would be nice to, to harvest or to save like a backup for him. So that, you know, if something would happen or, you know, like if we would want to have another Ringo or like a little ringlet, like a little Ringo baby, the option is there. I don't want to breed him. I don't want there to be a bunch of Ringo babies out there. Like, that's not my plan. My plan was just like, I need a backup for this fear to mellow out so that I can neuter him. Like, that was the plan. And this lady was like, "Um, well, normally, like, people do this when they want to breed their dogs and maybe have puppies and sell them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what I want to do. I just, I need like a backup in case my dog would die. And she's like, well, yeah, we can provide that service. And it's like, I don't know, $100 a year to, to, to kind of, uh, to save the sperm and it saves for infinity and I'm like well what do you mean infinity she's like well for 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 an infinite amount of time but I'm like well what do you mean like in a hundred years can my grandchildren take Ringo's sperm and have little ringlets walk the earth like what the fuck are you talking about and she was like yes we have an underground lab that's protected by some special weird like earthquake protection and weird generators and um, frozen forever, basically. And I was just blown away. I'm like, Dennis, we're doing this. And he thought, of course, that I was completely insane. But I was like, you know what? If we're going to neuter this dog, this is my criteria. We need to have a backup in case something happens. And he's then he went with the whole thing like, it's not going to be the same. You can't just, you know, you can't just take a dog's sperm. You can't clone a dog and expect it to be the same. And I'm like, I don't care. We just need to do this, you know. And I like I got all pissy and I like forced him to do it. So all of a sudden we're like driving into the middle of nowhere. So this is like two years ago. Into the middle of nowhere and I forced Dennis to not tell anyone because I was so embarrassed that this was happening. Because yeah, kind of this is stuff that like insane people do. Um and then we get there and it's in the middle of the forest, in the middle of nowhere. And this lady opens the door and it's like kind of like a veteran vet- 
vet place almost like she has a lab coat and stuff but it's also like kind of a home like it was kind of it was kind of weird yeah i'm just gonna say it was kind of weird um and <laughs> and she just sits us down we fill in some paperwork and Ringo's there and she's like okay so uh let's go ahead and get ready and harvest this sample and i was like oh and then it hits me like how, how are you gonna do that <laughs> and she was like um well he's going to deposit his sample into this <laughs> into this like little like plastic thing or whatever um and then we save it and we freeze it and we can actually count in the microscope like measure like his sperm count and stuff and i was like oh but but how how is this how is this going to happen like i still i i was really surprised by myself like the whole plan like i booked the appointment we drove there not once that it occurred to me to think about how is she going to collect the sample right and i just kind of like she takes the dog, he's on a leash and she's like, well, someone needs to just pet him and, you know, make sure that he stays very calm because not every dog enjoys this. I was like, enjoys what? I still didn't really get it. Like, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm an idiot. I don't know. Dennis was apparently very clear on what was going to happen the whole time. And I watched this lady put on gloves um, and proceed to, yeah, yeah, you, I mean, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to speak the words even. I, I had to look away like I could not see this happening like first of all like this is my child right like this is my baby like it he's like my baby and Dennis was just mesmerized like mesmerized and I'm like looking away and just like trying to give Ringo encouraging words because he said some dogs freak out and it's not good and then he just kind of did his thing with this lady's hand yeah okay that fully happened and I'm looking the other way like in panic totally feeling like like basically like we're molesting my dog like it was just it was just not a cool thing like I don't know what the fuck I was thinking it was just not good and then everything is it was like I don't know 30 seconds like it was the fastest thing he was just chill like he didn't his face was like like completely unfazed like he wasn't happy and joyful but he wasn't like scared or upset he was just like unfazed like I don't even know if he was like (laughs) like I don't gave a shit at all and then she's like, okay. And I'm still not looking at him. Like there's stuff, obviously something going on with his like area. And I'm just looking away because I'm so freaked out by what just happened. Like a moron. And then she takes, she's like, okay, I'm going to take this to the lab. And why don't you proceed and take him for a walk? It will take a couple of moments for the penis to re-enter his body. And I was like, what? And then I look at, at Ringo and he's like a little Italian greyhound. Um, he weighs 15 pounds. Like he's a tiny little guy. Um, I'm not joking when I tell you like the size of his thing was like half the size of his entire body. It was like, I, 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 I don't, I can't even explain it. It like, it was not even like, I, I don't know. It was like his insides came out. It was like the size of a forearm. It was the most freaky thing I've ever experienced in my life. And he's completely in shock. And like, he's never had this experience in his life, bothered by it. Like, and I'm like, oh my God what's happening? Like, how did this, she's like, no, 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 this is relax. Like, this is normal. This is how like dogs work. This is the canine system. And she's like very professional and like doctor wise. And I'm just freaking out because Ringo has like an organ hanging out of his, of his body. She's like, just go for a walk with him. It's going to pass. It's going to, it's going to go back. And I'm like walking him and we're walking. And like, this thing is dragging along the ground like he can barely walk because it's dragging across the floor and we walk and we walk and it doesn't go back like it doesn't go back in and I realized like I started having like a full panic attack and I'm like Dennis we broke the dog like we broke him for the rest of our lives like we're never going to be able to take Ringo anywhere because his penis is ginormous and it's red and it's hanging outside of his body like we're not gonna like I broke him like we broke the dog like I can't believe we did this and that's just it and then I walk forever and it just it doesn't go back and then I like turn around and I'm like fuck I have to go back like this lady has to like poke it back like she has to fix him like he's broken and then across the street comes this other dog like I don't know like a neighbor walking or something it's kind of a big dog and the dog looks at Ringo and like like raises its fur and like goes like like shows its teeth its teeth like about to like get a little aggressive with Ringo and Ringo goes <gasps> and his tail goes between his legs and the penis went <laughs> and just disappeared just like that it was like like in one go and it was all gone and he was back to normal again and all was well in the world but this for me was like oh my god I cannot even believe I told you this story on a podcast but because I, I I literally like swore Dennis to never share this with another soul ever because it was 
it was the most surreal thing and probably one of the weirder, stupider things I've ever done in my life. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. This is the perfect time to break out of your comfort zone and try things you've never done before. I'm not talking about skydiving or base jumping. I'm talking about switching up your breakfast game with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest makes it impossibly easy to try something new every day by sending creative recipes like cacao and avocado smoothies or mulberry and dragon fruit oats with must-know superfoods straight to your door. Delivery and prep are straightforward and takes no time at all. Just place the single serving cups in your freezer until you're hungry, then add water or nut milk if you're feeling fancy and blend or heat. Smoothies are ready in 30 seconds, soup in five minutes, and overnight oats and chia parfaits are literally made while you sleep. Each cup is made from a yummy blend of fruits, veggies, and nutrients, always perfectly complemented with a superfood boost. Produce from Daily Harvest is organic and unrefined, and it looks as amazing as it tastes. You can actually see the whole ingredients when you open up the cup. Things like cacao nibs, chunks of mango, whole raspberries, pumpkin seeds, and coconut meat. Daily Harvest works closely with local farmers across the U.S. and freezes all ingredients at peak freshness to seal in the maximum nutritional value, unlike other fruits and veggies that are picked and packaged long before the nutritional peak. Daily Harvest is the fastest, most convenient way to up your fruit and veggie intake without having to put more work that comes with eating more fruits and vegetables. Eat great and try new things, but spend more time doing what you actually love with Daily Harvest. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter the promo code YOGAGIRL to get three items free in your first box. That's promo code YOGAGIRL for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Daily-harvest.com. This is part of like a like a yearly payment that we make now, like whatever, like just 80 bucks or 100 bucks to this sperm bank where um, our backup Ringo uh, imaginary, that would never happen ever uh, sits. It's like the most fucked up thing like to ever happen. And I'm like, why did I tell this fucked up story that I'm kind of regretting that I'm that I told you? Because, yeah. Um, so this morning and here is how it went. So now that I'm ready to have him actually neutered. So we have this appointment in a week and it's actually going to happen. Like he's actually going to get neutered. It's maybe not a big deal to anybody else. Like, I don't know. But for me, it's like, OK, I know it's going to be better for him. Um, probably his urge to like run away and go places like the reason he's always, always on a leash. Um, maybe that will help, you know, like and for sure, we'll be ensured that there'll be no ever accidental ringlets ever. But if there will ever be a ringlet, it will come out of a frozen infinite sperm bank somewhere outside of Stockholm. Um, so anyway, we made that decision. We booked the appointment all as well. I feel really calm about it. Um, it's like a really good decision. And I had this thing where I was like, you know what, this fear of death that I have, like, it's actually, it's getting a lot better because I feel comfortable with Ringo having the surgery now. And, um, you know, I feel a lot better about the baby during the past couple of weeks. I'm not having these visions about her dying or freaky things happening. Like I'm really, like, I'm really chill now. Like I, I've grown, I've matured, I've gone through stuff. You know, I'm not that crazy, uh, erratic, like weird fear of death person anymore. And then last night I went to bed, like cuddling Ringo and Dennis and just told myself like, what a perfect, like, I'm so happy. And then I wake up this morning and I open the front door, like actually open the kitchen door to wake my brother up who's sleeping in like our little side apartment at the side of the house. And maybe the door was open for like 10 seconds. And normally we have a fence in the front yard. But since we uh, we had some stuff installed in the back, we had some construction going on the past three weeks, they took that fence down. Um, so 10 seconds, the door was open and Ringo like slips out and takes off. And I realized immediately, like he ran like right away, like there's no delay, like right away. And I'm like, fuck, oh God. I'm like, mom, can you please, my mom is here. So she's helping with the baby, which is really helpful. Dennis was away playing beach tennis. And I was like telling my brother, I'm like, dude, Ringo just ran. Like, we got to go get him. Like he's, he, I don't know where he's going. Like he took off, like he fully ran. Um, so like I'm out in the street within a minute and I can't fucking find him anywhere, anywhere. And I'm just, you know, cursing myself, like driving around in the car like a maniac. Like he wasn't gone for that long, but the panic that like arrived back in my body of Ringo being run over by a car or Ringo being like abducted by some weird psycho person who collects Italian greyhounds to put them in his basement and torture them um, or Ringo mating with some random dog in the street, like all the things like the horrible worst case scenarios in my mind go through and I just I just start completely panicking and it was maybe 25 minutes he was missing maybe 20 minutes we're going up and down in the car looking everywhere can't find him going around all the neighbors and then finally I drive like actually like really close to our house like the neighbors basically like two houses away uh, and they have like a little 
a little entrance, like a little side, like you have to drive your car into this kind of dirt road to get there. And I like just pulled up like a little closer to their house. And there I fucking see him, this little shithead. And they have a dog, like a big male dog that doesn't look like he's in great shape. Like he's one of the dogs that we have in our area that I'm always like keeping in the back of my mind. Like, okay, you know, like making sure that he's not getting super skinny and sometimes we feed them and um, just owned by someone who doesn't really care about the dogs, but he's also not abused. So I just, I, I keep this dog in my mind a lot. And he's playing with this dog, this like big boy. And they're like playing and jumping up and down and like kind of play biting each other, having a ball. And I yell at him and I'm like, Ringo! And he sees me and his like, ears go straight up and then he comes running my way like running 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 and when he gets like a couple feet away he stops and he slows down and he knows you know he knows he's done something bad and he's like kind of slowing down and then I go to grab him and I just I see it from afar this motherfucker is crawling with fleas like crawling with fleas he has there the fleas that are covering his body like I I don't even know he's been gone for 20 minutes He's played with this dog for, I don't know, not that long. And he has so many fleas on him. It looks like he's just a stray that's been wandering the streets for months. Like, it's one of those cases. Like, I, how is it even possible? How? How is it even possible? It's just insane. Like, it was just the worst. And I had about 30 minutes maybe before my class. I teach every Wednesday, every Saturday at Island Yoga at the studios. So I had like an, you know, a morning where I had to do things. Like, I have to be at the studio and teach. Dennis was away. Luckily, the baby was with my mom. We had no flea shampoo in the house because our dogs don't have fucking fleas. <laughs> so I had to like drive away, go to a grocery store. And I was so upset. Like I missed the grocery store. I drove the wrong way. I'm getting all stressed out. Like I just had the shittiest morning. I get the flea shampoo, go back. We have to wash him. We have to spray him with like flea spray. We have to give him like the drops for the fleas and the ticks and all this stuff. And then, of course, I don't want to bring this dog covered in chemicals into my house. And anybody listening that's like against chemicals, like... Yeah, give me like any flea and tick infested dog and tell me to just spray tea tree oil on that motherfucker. And I'll tell you that that's just not <laughs> going to happen. Um, You know, maybe like your your day to day kind of maintenance of taking care of a dog. There's lots of like natural ways and to do it with essential oils. But the way we live and these dogs in this like part of the world, like there's there's just we've tried and just believe me, there's no way. So now I have this dog like outside tied to a leash barking because he doesn't understand why he can go in the house because he's just he's just an, he's an idiot this fucking dog and I, of course I don't want him in the house like where are all these fleas gonna go the fleas are gonna die because of the chemicals in his fur and they have to go somewhere I don't want them to go in the house and I don't want them to in, like him to infest the other dogs with fleas or the goats or the baby or me you know no so he's like locked outside barking like a crazy dog and in the midst of all this I have to like run and leave the house and like you know I barely got to like put yoga pants on and then I have to go to the studio and I'm teaching and driving to the studio I get this really intensely like shitty news from just two separately shitty things that are happening within the business of just stuff that just isn't working like that hasn't been working for a long time and I've been like banging my head against the wall trying to force it to work and it's just not working you know like another thing came up and just I just got some shitty news from two separate sources and I had the shittiest morning and, you know, I get to the studio and we have 52 people in class and like a huge wait list and everybody's just like in there. And anyone who's taking my class ever, um, I don't know, there, there's something that's that's really quite challenging about teaching a yoga class that's full of people that's kind of sitting there waiting for you to change their lives. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever had that sort of experience, but sometimes I walk into the room and everybody's super laid back and chill. Everybody's laughing and, you know, I'm like, hey, what's up? And people are excited to come. Some people fly all the way to Aruba just to take my class, which is the most amazing thing. And I'm so fucking grateful for it, like crazy. And sometimes it's more relaxed, but sometimes like I walk into the room and it's kind of awkward. Like, you know, everybody's just sitting there silently waiting for this yoga girl to come that they've followed on Instagram for years and they're inspired and you know people kind of put me on this pedestal like I'm gonna I'm gonna fix something or I'm gonna I don't know like sometimes I feel this pressure to perform which is really quite hard like at least and, and I've I've you know done this for a lot of years so I'm pretty good at getting into the room and immediately breaking the ice and making jokes and kind of getting everybody into their own bodies. Because the point of the class is for you to have your experience in your body with your breath. Like it has absolutely nothing to do with me, right? And if you're going to take a class and you're very busy focusing on something outside of you, you're going to have a weird experience. Like it's not the purpose. It's not the point of what yoga is. So 
I'm pretty good at, at bringing people back into their own space and, and, you know, kind of humanizing the whole situation and just bringing us all, grounding everybody. But then, of course, you know, when I have a shitty day, which happens <laughs> a lot, if you listen to this podcast, you know quite well I am not perfect and I have shitty days and days where things work and days when things not don't work and today just nothing fucking worked it was just a shitty fucking morning nothing was good and I'm sitting in my office and I know I have these people waiting for me um, in the room and I'm just kind of trying to calm my breath and trying to um, of course like I hadn't made a playlist like I was just like I was all over the place and it was just like nothing was really happening and I have this new found, not new found, like it's like old, but it's new. Um, Like I told Dennis yesterday, like, you know, I think I'm in love with a 90 year old man. (laughs) I have a little crush on Ram Dass right now. Okay. He's not 90, I think he's 87 now, but uh, I've, I've been into Ram Dass or read his books and listened to talks for a couple of years, but not like right now. I don't know. There's like a new sparked love for his words and specifically his speaking. So every night before I go to bed, I listen to talks and I watch like these YouTube, uh, really old YouTube interviews and talks and, and Q&As and stuff with him. And it's just opening my heart a little more every day. So I'm sitting in my office and I'm like, okay, well, like what would Ram Dass do right now? I take a breath and he does this beautiful meditation that I love that's so simple where you just really repeat to yourself like every time you inhale just noticing the belly rising and every time you exhale just noticing the belly falling and that's it just rising on the inhale and falling on the exhale and you actually repeat those exact words inhale rising exhale falling and I do that and I'm sitting in the office but I can't calm my breath down like I'm just in my mind I'm already stressed from everything with Ringo and, and the fear. Like I'm realizing then it was like a fear. Like I was scared he was going to, we weren't going to find him. I was scared he was going to be dead. I was scared. All those old things that I've said like, oh, I, I'm not scared about Ringo anymore. Like they're still there. I'm still scared. It's just not very present, I guess. Um, but all of that, it's like kind of a shock to my nervous system. And then getting those really shitty news. And in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking about staff and employees and changes we have to make and structures and procedures that we need to implement and like the things that aren't working and all the things that are just, you know, in my mind, I'm like really attached to this stuff that's just bad, right? It's not working. Nothing is working for me today. Shitty, shitty morning. It's only 9.30 a.m. and I've already decided it's a shitty day. <laughs> you know, it's kind of ridiculous, but that's that's generally, that's that's how it goes. At least for me, that's how my mind works. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Did you know if you stay awake for 18 hours, you start to lose your short-term memory or that not sleeping is deadlier than not eating and sleep-deprived people crave carbs 45% more than the well-rested? Well, daylight savings just stole an hour of your sleep, so don't let it steal any more than that. Turn to Parachute for the comfiest bedding ever and the best sleep of your life. Parachute has brought rest and contentment into my life in more ways than one. A busy work schedule and family life means I don't always get the amount of sleep that I want each night. But with Parachute, the quality of my sleep is maximized, even if my quantity of sleep can't be. The softest sheets and pillows help me instantly fall into a deep and carefully sleep. And I sleep even better knowing I made a conscious choice. Parachute bedding is organic, responsibly made, with products surpassing the highest criteria of testing for harmful chemicals and synthetics. Waking up rested in the morning sets the tone for my entire day. My yoga practice flows better, I eat healthier, I check more items off my to-do list. Did you know we're the only mammal that willingly deprives ourselves of sleep? Well, reverse this unhealthy habit and turn your bedtime into your favorite time with Parachute. Visit ParachuteHome.com slash YogaGirl for free shipping and returns on Parachute's very comfortable bedding and bath linens. That's ParachuteHome.com slash YogaGirl for free shipping and returns on Parachute's super comfy bedding and bath linens. They offer 60-night trials. If you don't love it, just send it back. ParachuteHome.com slash YogaGirl. So I walk into the room and maybe it's my already my energy that I wasn't able to center and I wasn't able to ground and and tap into my breath. But when I walk in the room, I don't feel that laid back, relaxed, laughing kind of chill vibe, but everyone is just dead silent. And they're just sitting there staring at an empty yoga mat. And there's like kind of not ominous music in the background, but there's like some chanting music and it's not like very happy. It's just like, dun, 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 dun. and I feel this like, oh my God, these people are sitting here waiting for me to perform some miracle for them. <laughs> You know, I'm supposed to teach and be this holier than thou person or be inspiring or, or be anything. And sometimes being what you're not or putting on the face or the mask or the persona of 
of not being exactly what you feel like in that exact moment. It's just kind of betraying yourself. Does that make any sense? Like it's, it's like a little betrayal to who you actually are. And, and that was a big epiphany I had when I did my first ever like big um, meditation and, and kind of a holistic therapy retreat um, was that I was, when I came out of that, I was so done having conversations with people that didn't interest me. And this was a really like weird thing. Like I was like 18, 19 and I realized for every second that I spend in conversation, like smiling at a person, talking about some bullshit that I don't give a flying fuck about. It's like a second draining away from my life. It's like think, moments that I could use to be present, to be happy, to go where joy is. And if you really start thinking about this, and if you do like be careful because you're opening like a Pandora's box of just like bullshit, but we spend a lot of time in our day-to-day life just being polite to each other. Just just kind of engaging in conversation about stuff we don't care about. People talking to us about stuff they don't care about. Saying the things that we think are the right things. Or talking to the people we think are the right people. And doing what society tells us to do. And it's not really socially accepted to be in like a gathering or in a conversation. And just go, um, you know what, this doesn't really interest me. I'm just going to go over there right now. Sorry, bye. <laughs> you know, who does that? Um. I sometimes do that. <laughs> um, I used to do that all the time. So when I came out of this first retreat that I did, I would literally like I'd be at a party or a gathering or like a dinner or, you know, I'd meet at like an acquaintance at the grocery store, or whatever. And I would find myself in conversation where people, and it's usually like, if it's mindless, meaning it's not conscious or present or important, um, and not just in a selfish way of like, I only want to do what's important to me, but what actually felt real and valuable. So every time I'm engaged in a conversation and my heart is like, oh, this kills me. I don't want to talk about like your newest like weight loss regime and like how much you're into CrossFit or whatever, like not hating on CrossFit, but I was just, I would find myself in whatever conversation or like, I don't want to hear about your new job and what you do, whatever. Like if my soul is like, oh, this doesn't serve me, just this person like blabbering on about themselves, which is kind of what I'm doing right now on this podcast. But if it didn't serve me, I would just walk away and I would literally go, oh, I'm so sorry, don't mean to offend anyone, but I'm I'm just, my attention is needed elsewhere or I'm just not, not into this conversation. And I would literally walk away. There were moments where I would just leave a conversation, say nothing and go somewhere else and just go sit down and be in silence because that's kind of what my soul just urged me to do because I felt like I was betraying myself, pretending to be interested when I wasn't. And the moment I started doing that, I realized I was automatically... Um, attracted and I found myself in a lot more conversations that were really genuine to the space I was in so suddenly I was like talking to new people and I found myself in these really deep like people I would never normally talk to or types of conversations I wouldn't normally have because I was wasting so much time in mindless stuff that I didn't even care about at all and this goes for family and stuff and we do stuff out of obligation to be polite to not hurt someone's feelings and I find that if we spend our entire lives being really careful not to hurt anybody's feelings, we're going to eventually betray ourselves and we're going to hurt our own feelings. So I would rather not spend like, you know, what's probably months or maybe years of my life engaged in conversation that doesn't interest me or that doesn't, that isn't beneficial to the evolution of my consciousness or the greater good of what I believe is the greater good for the world. So mindless stuff, um, I would rather walk away. Right. So today, um, when I found myself in this in this classroom and I just felt like everybody's expecting me to be this yoga girl. And right now I don't feel like yoga girl. I just want to kind of I don't even want to teach this fucking class. I don't even want to be here. I just I want to go home. I want to be home. I want to like hug my baby and my husband. I want to drink a cup of coffee in fucking silence and like just chill out. I just want to sit for a second and just be alone. I just want to like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to perform and teach this class for these people. Like that's, that's the space I was in. But of course you can't live your whole, that whole life that way. You can't just bail on your responsibilities. It's just not how things go. But instead of immediately, you know, sitting down and going like, Hey, how can I support you? And how is everybody? My name is Rachel. Welcome to the class. And today we're going to talk about this. No, I just kind of sat down. I was like, okay, I need a moment. So can everybody just like find a partner, sit down and share three things in this moment that you are grateful for. And I said those words out loud. I didn't plan it. It just kind of came out because I needed a moment to sit down and just gather my thoughts at the front of the class without them looking at me and like waiting for me to say something profound. And as they're talking and they were like immediately, oh, great. Okay. Everybody's talking. They're sharing their gratitude and people are really into it. And they're talking about things they're grateful for and family and 
and all of this. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, well, what am I grateful for? Like the whole morning passed and this crappy day, it's only 930. It's already a crappy day. And I did not have one shred of gratitude for anything because I was so stuck in my own story of how I had a bad day, right? How nothing is going my way and this fear of losing Ringo and all this stuff. And I thought of it, I'm like, okay, well, turn it around. Like, did I ask, probably ask the group to share that because what I needed in that moment and what Ram Das would have told me is to turn the situation around, right? So how can I bring my awareness into this present moment and a really good present moment, um, present moment, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an exercise, a present moment exercise is to search for gratitude right away. So whenever we find ourselves in like a shitty moment, shitty thing, we're fighting with someone, we're unhappy, bad day, dog runs away, fucking fleas everywhere, baby crying, whatever. Like, okay, where's the gratitude? What am I grateful for right now? And as everybody was talking in the room, talking to each other and getting into it, I just closed my eyes. I took a breath. I'm like, well, where is my gratitude in this moment? And then it hit me and I was like, I'm grateful that Ringo came back home. And then I got all teared up. Like I almost started like burst into tears in the front of class. I was like, I'm just so grateful he came back. Like he came home. Like what if he hadn't come home? Like I'm grateful I have this dog and I share this with the whole room. I was like, I, I needed this exercise right now because I needed gratitude in my in my in my day because I've had a really fucking shitty morning. I don't feel at peace. I feel like fucking shit. <laughs> and for me, the moment of gratitude that just came up is I am grateful Ringo came back home. I'm grateful I have this tiny little being in my life, this dog, this animal that I love so much. Like I get to love him so much. He brings me so much joy every day. Like he bring, he's brought me so much joy over the past five years. He brings me so much joy every day. I love him so much. I'm so grateful I get to have a being in my life that I care about so much that just the thought of losing him or driving around looking for him for 20 minutes can ruin my day so much that I have to sit in front of a classroom and almost cry about it. Like I'm so fucking grateful I have him in my life. I'm so grateful he came back home. And just speaking those words, you know, and then we went around the room and someone shared, well, there's so much, I'm really grateful I can be here. Like I can be here and practice here and I have the ability to, to move my body and to roll out my mat. I'm just grateful. And someone shares, well, I'm grateful I get to be here, like in this life. Like I, I was diagnosed with breast cancer last year and I made it through and I'm grateful I'm alive. And, you know, these stories start coming up and someone's grateful for their children. And it's just oh, like, you know. It's so easy, so easy to change the entire vibration of a room. It's so easy to change the vibration of a conversation. It's easy to change a day around. So we don't need to have bad days. And specifically at 9.30 in the morning, don't deem the whole day a bad day. But let let yourself have a crappy moment. Don't let it overtake you and pull you into what probably becomes like a snowball of stuff because this energy that we take from the original thing that happened, we take it with us everywhere we go. And all of a sudden, yeah, we manifested a bad day because we brought that energy of tension, of stress, of of fear, of, of anger, of frustration, whatever. We bring it with us in every encounter and then stuff starts happening. And then all of a sudden, it's the end of the day and we sit in our beds and instead of thinking like, oh, I'm so grateful I have this life, we think, fuck this fucking day. This was shit. I'm going to bed, (laughs) right? So use gratitude to turn your stuff around. Like do it right now, right now, right now, right now. In the midst of listening to this podcast, this me telling my weird storytelling stuff about life and dogs and sperm and (laughs) gratitude and whatnot. Like in this moment in your life, right here, right now, three things. I like the, I just like the idea of three, like look for more than one, but three things. What are you really grateful for? Especially if you're pondering an issue or you have something that doesn't work. So I got to turn that, go a little bit deeper with that as well after class when I was like, okay, I have all these issues at work and stuff that isn't happening. And I was like, well, I'm really pretty damn grateful that I have work, (laughs) right? The fact that I have a business, that I'm a business owner, that I get to run this business, that I have people that want to work here, that we have people that want to come here and practice and like that I have this community to work with. Like I'm really grateful to be in this field, to do this work every day. Like I really, really, really truly am. And all of a sudden when that moment of gratitude gets brought into the equation, I'm like, well, that issue wasn't that bad. right? I have a new mindset. I'm like, you know what? We can figure this out. I think there's an easy fix here. We can talk to that person and we should switch that around and all of a sudden solutions come, 
right? And if solutions don't come and the answer is walk away or change something, that's okay too. So gratitude, gratitude, gratitude all the way, all the way, you guys. Um, thank you for tuning in and what's been a very unusual moment of storytelling for me and me bearing my soul. And I hope you are okay with me not being perfect because I do not intend on pretending any longer. I love you all and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's very interesting episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, ZipRecruiter, Daily Harvest, and Parachute. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.